Welcome back to another episode of Have a Dope Day. I'm your host, Gabriel Lopez. Today, I got Brian Johnson in the studio. Before I say hello to Brian, let me give you Brian's resume first. It's pretty long, so we're going to go through a few things. Some of you might know him from the cover of Sacramento Magazine, July 2020, with the photos from the BLM protest. He was one of the only people on the ground actually catching pictures of things going on making it happen. Then there's Silver Grain Classics, a print journal with exclusive content about the entire world of film-based photography. It's another magazine publication that focuses strictly on photo film, no digital stuff. Got two self-published magazines. Do you call them magazines? Um, those, yeah. We'll okay, magazines. magazines. We got uh, Made Their Skate Park, Ordinary People, Done Things, with the Sacramento Opera. That's fancy, super fancy. So thank you, Brian, for joining me. Thank I appreciate you. your time. Appreciate you having me. So I'd like to get into your story now. Let's basically I ask the same question to everybody, and that's where does art or creativity, photography start for you? Um, it started um probably about 2000, 2010. I would say 2010, I was living in uh, Fairfield at the time, and I was around um, my friends, or around my friends and their families. They would always go to, like, the flea markets here in Denials or so, and um, that's where I found my first camera, or it was a Nikon D70 or so, and um, it was a beginner-friendly camera and um, bought it for 40 bucks from there and um I just started taking it everywhere like I kind of knew um from moving to California from Indiana or so it, it uh it was a different world like different world that I had experienced growing up um the things I was doing and seeing and feeling for me you you was just noticing or I was just noticing that um yeah life was different everybody was like independent and styles you would see life and buildings architecture and so many events going on and stuff and it was just like man I got this camera I wanted to show my friends and family where I was growing up how California was at the time and it was just all mixing in so perfect that it was like man you got this camera Instagram just came out or oh, it was yeah, just yeah. now getting into that movement or so. So, um, yeah, that's where it started happening. I just started walking around taking photos. And, yeah, that's where I was say when I moved to SAC. Moved to SAC. Okay. Let me backtrack a little bit with you. You said you moved from Indiana? Yes, sir. What part of Indiana? Um, I'm from Gary, Indiana. Okay. And what's what's life like in Gary, Indiana growing up? Um, man, growing up, um, it was like, for me, I lived, grew up in poverty or ghetto, ghetto, um, it was kind of like country and ghetto mixed in one. That basically. sounds fun. And, um, <laughs> country and ghetto. <laughs> at the time, yeah, it is. Like when you win it, when you win it, yeah. everybody else around you is in it, your neighbors, everybody's in the same, um, same class. Yeah. Everybody's in the same class and, um, you growing up. You don't notice it. You don't notice it much, but um, yeah, everybody's struggling around you. You making, creating things that uh, 
you creating things out of the time you have, basically. Nobody has money really yeah. like that. So you creating things out of time. And um from there, yeah, I was just always outside. My mom was always at work. Um during the daytime, yeah, I'm out until the street lights is coming, coming on. on. Yeah. Then nighttime, um, yeah, we inside. It's from gang wars, you hearing bullets yeah. or shots, everything just but it was just the world that it was in right now. It was yeah. normal. It was yeah. normal. So I ask you that because when I researched you visually on Instagram, I couldn't find when I went to running clocks, I was like, yo, this is tight. And dude clearly he clearly understands what he's taking pictures of, right? And then what's your personal stuff? And I was like, let me see how far back this will go. Before I even look at any of the footage, I'm going to just go all the way to the first post. Oh, man. And so I went back pretty far. I don't know if it was all the way to the first post, but I remember something just impacted me, like stopped me in my tracks. And it was it was something I experienced that I ain't never told nobody, but you had stated it. And when I found out where it was and this and that, I was like, yo, this is wild that we go through the same things on different, completely different places in the world. You had said when you... Wake ups on Saturday mornings and check the cereal box, cereal bag to make sure there was no tiny little roaches in it. Oh man. You remember writing that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Most and there definitely. was pictures of where you lived at. Yeah. And I was like, yo, I would go to my grandmother's house, grandma and grandpa's house, and they had boxes of like Cheerios and cornflakes that wouldn't move because I was always eating like tricks or whatever. There you go. But when you would get to the stuff that it wouldn't move, you check that box, man, because, you know, somebody <laughs> crawled in there. And I was like, yo, that's wild that that's just something maybe insignificant, like when you wrote it or whatever. But it really impacted me to show just like that's where you come from. That's the level in the world you come from. And like now you're here. I thought that was very significant. Um, Sorry to bring it up and cut your story off. But no, no. what was your plan growing up in Indiana to do as an adult for a job? As employment, um, man, that's a great question because, uh, say, like growing up, I always kind of had it in my mind that I was, um, I was going to do something different, yeah, doing something different. And um, this was before I even found out that I was moving to California. Um, say in that mind state, growing up, you only like did three things in that area. Probably you played ball. You joined a gang or you um, dang near rolled dice. That's yeah. what they say. You rolled dice. And um, to me, I played ball at that time. In that mind state, I was younger. I was playing ball. That's what I thought. I'm going to the NBA because yeah. everybody would. And um, even outside of that, there's still a small wall that you can go through to make it to the NBA. Yeah, so yeah. it was like, okay. Do you got the support and do you have all this extra stuff to make it to yeah. the NBA? So it was like, outside of that, no, I didn't have it. So I was like, okay, I know I'm going to do something. The way my mom kind of guided me through yeah. the hood, yeah. what to watch out for, what not to watch out for. It was like, okay, you can't do all of this. You got to do something, figure yeah. it out. But um, I didn't really figure it out until I moved to, until I moved to California. So mom made sure you were straight. Yeah. Yeah, guidance. Yeah, like she always... Um, That's a good mom. She always was like at work just to pay yeah. rent and stuff. And she knew that like me and my brother, we did our own things 
he well, I didn't hang out with him. Yeah. So, so I like I had my own little crew of friends growing up, and we all hung out with each other every day. Like yeah. every single day, it was like eight of us, and we would just go run the city, and it was just like okay. She know we outside until the, the streetlights yeah, light but she don't on, yeah. know exactly what we're yeah, doing. Yeah, so you figuring things out yeah. on your own. Yeah. I'm outside researching, yeah. doing stuff, collecting. <laughs> I like that, researching. Yeah, collecting info and stuff on how life works. You get a real fast, clear view of the world when you explore it like that. My children right now are very sheltered. They don't know things. Yeah, yeah. When I was at their age, I knew things. And so, like, it's really good. I can see why you are the way you are now with the independent spirit, with, you know, just the hustle. It makes sense knowing about, like, how you grew up makes sense to where you are now. I'm not surprised. Um, You get to California. You and mom get to California. You guys start this new chapter in your life, and you had mentioned to me before that, you had an idea of what California life was like back in Indiana because you seen it on TV. Yeah, yeah. What was that? What was that idea? Um, it was just like the rich life, like the rich life. Um, or say like growing up, you only see it on TV. Yeah. So, um, outside of, uh, I would even say like say, you see it through shows like That's a Raven. Or, yeah. Uh, uh, full house yeah. So you, you see like The area and everything But outside of that You see like Hollywood And you see the celebrities You see yeah. the, the nice cars You see the San Francisco Bridge And all of that stuff You only see that stuff But then um, I would say it was mainly like that Like yeah. outside Everybody living outside of California That never been here You think it's like Sound it's like the propaganda, life. And it, and it really it is sounds like propaganda. I yeah. really, I would say it. It is that. It is that because you still get that. Yeah. But there's other stuff that's yeah, there's that's other stuff. A lot more other stuff that comes with it as well. And so when you get here, something I thought was really tight. You didn't say this, but this is what I classify it as. You started looking at where you were through an honest lens. Yeah. Right, you wanted to see who was who, what's what, not in the propaganda style, but just kind of on the truthful way. Yeah, you get a camera from the flea market. Do you remember? Is that a saxophone playing in the background? Damn, serenading somebody or something. Fire. That's old part for you. That's tight. That's for real. So you get it. Sorry for the off track, guys. Uh, so you get a camera. What were some of the things you were taking pictures of in the beginning, like the first images? Um, some of the first images was um, like, or I was still living in Fairfield. I got the camera from Denials, but I was still living in Fairfield or taking it back to Fairfield. Yeah. And um, at my time of living in Fairfield, I had a group of friends that I was hanging out with. It was yeah. like five of us. And we hung out with each other every day. And they were, at the time, they were kind of like putting me on game of how life was here. Kelly, yeah. And um, we would go to San Francisco. We would go to San Francisco like twice, three times a week and yeah. um because they have family there. And um from there I would just be out wandering around out there. Yeah. Like say at times when they with their family and um yeah, they doing something for them, I'd be like, man, 
drop me off here and I'll just go walking around and yeah. take photos. I'll go walking around Union Square or Market Street and um yeah, I'll just take photos of what I was seeing, like buildings and people. If I seen like yeah, if I seen people that looked like they were from a movie, like that was another thing too. Like you walking past people and you don't even know who they truly are and yeah. what they are. Yeah. So so I was seeing people, I was like, man, I like her outfit. Story? Yeah, yeah, and I'm just ask them like, could I get a photo of you? And I take that photo, and it'll be inspiration of something I would like of my own. And yeah, it was just life. It was just life. If I seen a car or anything, because it was basically info I was collecting to show my family, like, yeah, and this is this is real life. Like, this is real life. Or is was the camera film or was it digital? Uh, it was a digital camera. Um, it was a Nikon D70, and it was just like um, I wasn't even learning the camera. I was just pressing the button. It was on oh, automatic. Okay. Yeah, it was on automatic, and I was just pressing the button at whatever I seen at that time. Are you taking like seven different images of one thing, or are you just kind of letting it unfold and catching one moment um, at that time? At that time, I was taking like. Two, three photos. Okay. I was taking like two, three photos and um, it'll be one angle, then I move somewhere else, another angle. But um, at the most part, it was like two, three photos and then, yeah, I move on. Where does Sacramento come into play from Fairfield? How does that, how does your transition to living here come about? Um, I moved to Sacramento um, about probably about five, almost six years ago. And um and, Go ahead, yeah, sorry about the knock. And from there, um like I said, I was living in Fairfield. I got a uh I got a job offer. I got a job offer to uh come out here or work out here doing HVAC. Okay. Or so and um at the time I was working overnight at Walmart or say before that, working overnight at Walmart. Uh-huh. So getting that job, I was like, man, cool. This is this is cool. I was yeah, getting yeah. paid cool money. I'm still young, and I'm like, okay. So um, I'm driving back and forth from SAC to Fairfield every morning, and I'm getting tired. Like after yeah. seven months or so, I'm like, I told my mom, I'm like, man, I'm tired of driving back and forth. Yeah. I'm about to move to SAC. I'm about to move to SAC, and... um. From there, probably about yeah, seven months after getting the job, I moved to SAC. Well, with a friend um, that was with his mom or so. So I was like, man, I'm about to move to SAC. This would be a good opportunity for us to, I guess, create our own life. Yeah, basically. What part of Sacramento were you living in at the time when you did move here? Um, I moved to Citrus Heights. Okay. I moved to Citrus Heights um, over by on Auburn. Yeah. On Auburn and um. You moved to the armpit of Sacramento. That's what it's called? <laughs> no, I'm just playing. I'm calling it that. No, that's what it's saying. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> People from Sac know what it is. It's not. There's like nothing out there, but it serves its purpose, I guess. Anyways. Yeah. So where were you working at? Was it located in Citrus Heights, the place you, uh, like oh, the business? Um, where I was working at was, uh, it was in uh, Rosemont, or right by the flea market. Right by the flea market okay. um, on Watt and Florin Perkins. Okay. Or so, and... um. Yeah, I was working there, going there, or from, say I'm living in Citrus Heights now. Yeah, I'm driving from Citrus Heights to Rosemont. Yeah. And, um, yeah, going back and forth with HVAC, 
getting dirty in people's houses or people attic up under their yeah, houses. Man. All of that, man. And it was just like, but it was dang near the best job I've had yet. So I was like, man. Gotta be grateful. Yeah. 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 How long did you do that job for? Like, entirety? Like, the whole span of that? How long were you involved with HVAC? Oh, um, I've been involved uh, probably, I would say, up say four years or say three and a half, four years. Okay. Is this a summer thing, a winter thing, an all-year thing? It's all year, right? Yeah, it's all year. Okay, so you're climbing in people's attics. In the Sacramento summer, yeah, heat, yes. where all the heat rises in stores in the attic. Yes. Then you have insulation. Yes. Okay, insulation is fiberglass. When you get fiberglass on your skin, it's very itchy. It's crazy. So none of this is inspiring. None of this is fueling <laughs> art. None of this is like birthing anything cool Nothing. aside from a check, which is necessary. But what is your day like after you get out of work? Where does creativity play a part in that day? Man, it actually all came through when um, I would say, say the first two years I was living in Sacramento, where yeah. I just got my apartment in, in Citrus Heights. Um, I wasn't even outside or anything. I was just going to work, coming home, yeah. going to work, coming straight home. And um, I was kind of like in the mindset of trying to start this new life away from where I'm coming from or yeah. so. And I kind of knew things were going on in Sacramento, but I just didn't know where. Okay. I kind of just didn't know where. I knew stuff was popping off. And yeah. um, from there, um, I kind of, yeah, I started at my HBOC job. We'll start, we'll go to the gas stations. Oops, sorry about that. We'll go to the gas stations and um, that's where I found the SNR. So I oh, found the Sacramento SNR. News and Review. Yeah. Okay. I found that um newspaper and I would start looking through it. Yeah. I was getting them, man, consistently. Every week it'd come out. Yeah, some I there. would pick it up. It's I would current, pick it yeah. up. And um that's where it kind of started showing me where the events was happening. It was connecting me. It was yeah. connecting me. And um, yeah, it would show what a concerts or mm -hmm. uh parades or anything. So as soon as I would get off of work or if I knew something was happening, I was straight there. I would yeah. start there, especially on the weekends. Like it started off with the farmer's markets. Farmer's markets, that's where I was really finding people and um, yeah. inspirations. And I would just pop up there and start documenting because it was already something that I never experienced before. Even the farmer's market. I was oh, like, really? Yeah. Like, they don't have those in Indiana. Yeah, it ain't, it ain't okay. like that. So um, you go there, you see everybody in their best clothes. Yeah. And it was like yeah. a movie. It was like a real life wow, movie. Wow, that's wild. That's yeah. crazy it to hear. It was like I'm sorry a movie. to cut you off. Keep going. No, no, not even. But um, yeah, it was like a movie. It was like the first time I've seen like real community. Oh, real okay. community or so. And um, everybody was just knowing each other. Everybody was trusting each other you yeah. can see it you can feel it in the air and it was just like man this is great this is great so i just started photographing it and from there yeah the snr kind of put me on to where to go and yeah. exactly where to go if yeah. i didn't hear it on the radio or something like that yeah. the snr 
So it sounds like you went through a major culture shock. Yeah. Coming yeah. here. Yeah, I went through everything. everything. You went through three different ones, Fairfield, San Francisco, Sacramento, three very different places. Yeah, it came in levels. That's what yeah. I would say. It came in levels. So you're going to farmer's markets, seeing it unfold. To me, that's wild because I grew up doing that, right? It's normal to me. But now, hearing your background, knowing your story, I'm like, yo, I could see how that's like a movie. Like if I were to go to Indiana yeah. and it'd be... You know, you call it ghetto country. Be yeah. like, yo, the slang would probably be like some, yeah. something to trip on. You yeah, know, like yeah. that's cool. The style, just <laughs> everything. Like, that's crazy. I never considered that until you just said it right now. I was like, oh, I can see. So you're kind of like falling in love with the vibe here. Yeah. That's yeah. kind of what it is. Is it just farmers markets and like local events? Like, are you talking to people? Are you meeting people? Or are you just spectating and watching it all unfold? Um, I would say it was like a mixture of all of them. It was okay. a mixture of all of them because, um, say like farmers markets and stuff like I was popping up there, like say on the weekends and yeah. stuff and, um, going there, I was always by myself. So I was forced to be like an observer yeah, before yeah. I knew anybody or anything. I was just an observer, just seeing how people, um, talk to each other, how yeah. people dress, like just really putting myself on game of mm -hmm. how this world is moving around me, basically. And um, with photography, it kind of opened me up to talking to people. Because I say, I say at first, I would pop up places and I didn't really have to say anything. I could just walk around and Observe. Yeah, I could yeah. just ob observe. Like I didn't know anybody or anything. I was just in Taking a room. In, yeah. yeah, I'm just in a room. So, um, with photography, that's when it started. That's when I started meeting people or building, breaking out of the shell. Yeah, yeah. because I was like, man, I, I gotta. I like this person, what they wearing or how yeah. they, the energy they giving, and I want to take a picture of them. I don't know how to approach them. I don't know what to say. I don't know how. So I'm just like, okay. So then with photography, I started asking people, can I take your picture? Yeah. And then that's when that's when the link really started happening. Mm -hmm. Or I started like meeting people and um I would take pictures of two, three people a day and I'll send the person the picture and yeah. those out of those two people, they know each other, but yeah. they didn't know they knew me. And yeah, yeah. It just started coming to a thing and it was like, oh dang, okay. Okay, something occurred to me while you're talking. How are you able to read these people's energy as an observer? What are the cues that a person gives you personally? Not looking at you, but you just see them interacting, like say a vendor, right? What are the cues that tell you that you look for that say, that's somebody I want to document? Is it just body language? Is it like, what is it about them that um, intrigues you? It's a, it's, man, it's a, so many things. Um, one, um, I would say at first it was more like the sense of style. Um, okay. At first, like um, just how they dress. Like I said, I, I would see people and I would think they just came from a movie set or they just yeah, got yeah, out of yeah, a movie yeah. or something. Yeah. You know, everybody here is um, very independent, like very the way they dress, the way they talk. Everybody moves off their own thoughts okay. or yeah. so and um you could see that by the way people were dressed or by the way people um put themselves out there 
or so. And um, as I was approaching people, also, just like these events that I was at, they were just like events that everybody is in mind of one topic or okay, so, yeah. or everybody's here for one thing, basically. Yeah, yeah. So I would see things like that, like how they showing up, how I'm showing up. And um, man, um, also the things that I would see my, myself in people, like how they are, or even say, yeah, how they dress and thing. I'm like, man, this is how I want to dress. This is how I want to talk. Yeah, this is, I'm yeah. still in the mindset of like coming from the hood or yeah. so. So I can only express my way, myself one way. Yeah. And to them, this is a another person, say my skin color or not or so. Yeah. And they're evolved. They're evolved. And this is how I see myself in a couple wow, years. That's tight. So I'm like, man, okay. I need to document this person. Man, that's cool. And that's how it's always been. That's how it even now, even now. I didn't expect you to say that. That's tight. That's way cooler than what I thought you was gonna say. I thought you was gonna say body language or whatever. I don't know, but man, just all them of that being evolved like that's tight. All of that. I feel like Sacramento got very like this is the place I felt like the nicest people I've met. Like you were able to approach somebody yeah. and. Um, talk to them or they may ask why you doing what you doing or, but yeah. you give them an honest answer of what you doing and why you approach them that they like man, they like a yeah. regular person like yeah. it's like man where does you had mentioned going to like art shows and galleries and stuff where does that come into play in this whole time that's information you're finding through SNR or like how did you see like the art scene here how did you find that yeah, that's it was through the SNR. That was actually the first um first thing I was popping up to cuz it was free. Yeah. It was free and um there was so many like around town or like second Saturday. That was a big thing to yeah. me. Second Saturday. That's what really yeah, just put me on. Like they would have second Saturday and all the art galleries was open up and you can just walk to them, walk to them like a couple blocks away. Mm -hmm. So um, I was starting to just go to a lot of art galleries and then I source out which ones I felt I really liked and what gave me the best inspiration or so. Yeah. So um, yeah, the SNR, um, that's where I really found where to where to go with the art or so and found out what artists is and they were all supporting Sacramento artists. It wasn't just people that yeah. wasn't out of touch. There was people you can actually find. Access, like, yeah. yeah. You had mentioned there's an event that happens during your journey through all these art shows where film comes into play. I think it's film or is it street yeah. photography? Remind me what it is. It's, it's both of them. I would say it's okay. both of them or so. Can you walk me back through that? Walk the audience through you meeting somebody? Yeah, yeah, most definitely. Um, during the time of just, uh, yeah, going through the SNR, I'm finding out my favorite um, art gallery. And um, at that time, I was still using a digital camera, just pressing a button. And um, as I'm waiting out for art or art gallery to open up, I'm reading the SNR, and yeah. um, this guy walks up on me. He's like, "Man, could I take a photo of you?" And so, and same time in my mind, I'm I even I'm a photographer at this yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. photographer at this time, and um, I'm like, uh, "What for?" Not even thinking in my mind that I'm doing the same <laughs> thing. Doing the same thing. <laughs> I'm doing yeah, the same thing. Yeah. I'm like, "What for?" And he 
he explains to me, I'm a street photographer, I'm a film photographer as well, and um, I document street life. I document street life and yeah. my life. And um, I was like, man, yeah, it's cool. Okay, I get it. That's what I'm doing too. And um, yeah, he takes a photo of me and um, he kind of explains to me what street photography is, um, how it works, and film photography as well, all in like 15 minutes of us yeah. meeting. And um, he shows me his work through Instagram, and I'm blown away. I'm literally like blown away. Like, what? This is, this is a whole new world. Like, yeah. how'd you get into this and this? And he breaks it down to me, and um, yeah, he kind of like turns a light bulb on in my head. Yeah, like, uh, or takes my art to the next level within that 15 minutes. Yeah. He shows me the picture that he took of me, and um, it was completely different than my photography. Or from my digital photos, it was a different feeling. It was in black and white, and I was just like, "Man, I need to learn how to do this." Yeah. And um, yeah, his name was Steve Abbott, or so. And um, yeah, he he took my game to the next level within that fifteen minutes of meeting him. I wouldn't even be doing what I'm doing right now if I didn't meet him. That's wild how that happens, huh? It's crazy. It just takes one person to drop a little something on you. Mm -hmm. You don't even know what's about to happen next. You're just along for the ride. That's what it is. You get yeah. direction. Like, direction. Real direction. Yeah. yeah. Sounds like Mario Lopez. Man, <laughs> you man. know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, bro. For real. Uh, so what, you know, what I'm thinking is like, when he took your picture, were you waiting for him to show you the digital image? Cause you're used to like taking it, looking at it, taking it, looking at it. Like, were you waiting for the for the like? Did you know it was film? Um, no, I didn't. No, I didn't because um, he didn't even like he didn't show me. He didn't. Oh, okay. he didn't show me. He just took the picture and um, it was just that. Like I was so lost in the conversation that oh, I wasn't even. Yeah, yeah, I didn't even pay attention to it at all. Um, yeah, he kind of just took the photo and um, we just continued talking. And then he sent me the photo probably like a couple of days later through Instagram. Okay. And that's where I was like, oh, dang, yeah. So what happens? That that day happens. You go into the gallery after that, see yeah. the work. Mm -hmm. Okay, what was the day after like? Because now you have all this new information. You have a new direction. What's that next morning like in your mind? Man, I was I was still on his Instagram. I was on his Instagram, bro. I, um, or yeah, say that day I went home. Um, yeah. I was in his Instagram. I had his card. He gave me like a uh, like a sorry about that. He gave me like his business card or okay. so. And um, on the card it was a film camera. I was like, so this dude is serious. Yeah, I was like, he's serious. And um, I went home and I went on YouTube and I searched up street photography. Um. Because before, like to say, I was, I was doing it, but it wasn't. Couldn't call it. Yeah, it wasn't for yeah. real. It was just me just documenting my life. Yeah. But then once he showed me what it actually was, it was like, man, he looks for certain things. He looks for certain actions or whatever in people yeah. and things. And yeah, I went home. I was on YouTube binge watching street photography and um. That's where it took me into different photographers that's made a name or made a made a lane for street photography. And yeah, from that day on, I was trying to be 
a better street photographer. I said, man, I'm going to become one of the best street photographers here in Sacramento. Yeah. From there on, and probably about probably about two weeks after that, I bought another uh, uh, film camera, or I bought a film camera from the flea market again. Yeah, yeah. And that was like the gateway to, I kind of put my digital camera to the side. Was there a learning curve from digital to analog photography? Can, can I call it analog? Is that okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that bad? Sure. So, like, now you have to learn, you know, you have to set the camera to yeah. do what you want it to do versus being on auto. Yeah. Was that, like, did you just, were you, like, prodigy, bro, and you start taking the best pictures ever with film, or did you have to learn? Um, No, I was, uh, it was definitely, I would say, a learning curve. <laughs> yeah. It was definitely a learning curve because with the... Uh, with digital, like you can take a photo, and then if you don't like that photo right then and there, you could just switch it up and yeah, all right, I'm gonna take another one, and you like that one or so. But with film, it was like you don't see the results until you get the uh, photos or the negatives developed yeah. or so. So I was taking a bunch of photos every day. I was still taking photos every day, but I wasn't seeing the results until later on, and then later on I would get my results. And it'll be blank or it'll be messed up or so. And um, I didn't really know what to do or how to fix it. Because yeah. with my digital camera, I wasn't into the camera. I was more into putting my vision or, yeah, putting my vision out. So I wasn't learning about the camera until I got to film. And you'll see those mistakes, getting back blank rows. You're getting back stuff that's messed up or blurry and you wondering like man why is this happening or da, 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 da. And, and go back to youtube like man what is happening and you know from there you try it again the next day shoot more photos and it kind of built up over i would say like a, a year a year and a half just every day taking photos learning from mistakes so you put a year year and a half into just learning that Film craft, the craft of film. Yeah, yeah, but it was it was totally like unconsciously. It was yeah, like because yeah. it was something new to me. Yeah, and um, same time I'm up in this new world. I'm in Sac. Um, like I'm still a Taurus. I'm yeah. still a Taurus, and I'm like, man, there's the nicest things outside to take photos of. Yeah. It was just like, yeah, unconsciously I would get off of work, and um, for an hour I would. Hour every day, I tell myself, all right, before I sit down, before I watch TV, before I do this, I would uh, I would ride the train downtown and go take photos. And it was like of this new life, yeah. of this new life I'm living. So it was just like I'm learning both what the city is about, same time I'm learning about my camera. And it just like came together as that. Do you remember what year this was? This was... um. It was probably 2016, 2017-ish or so. Okay. And where are you developing this film at? Are you taking it to a place to get it developed? Are you learning about the chemical processes that it takes to do this? Like, um, what's the development process like? I was taking it, uh, yeah, first I was taking it down to Mike's cameras. And oh, they, yeah, they, played a, uh, they played a big part in yeah. my learning curve as well, too, because... Um, I would be there every day, like yeah. every day. I know they was like, man, why is this dude here? He lives here. So like, much. what the hell? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm there every day just walking in, dropping off film, and um, I'm asking them every time I get my results back, like, man, what is 
yeah, what is this? What, this? Yeah. yeah, how is this happening? And they will tell me, well, you did this and you did this. And I was like, okay. And then I'll go back outside and shoot photos, come back and drop it off again. And um, yeah, I would get my film development, but I was scanning myself. I was scanning myself. I had me a little uh, like flatbed scanner. And um, yeah, I would scan it, put it into my computer. And from there, it was on. My dad bought my mom a camera when she wanted to get into photography, right? Bought her a camera from there, bought her classes from there, uh, got her like just the whole nine to do photography, like for the family and just as a hobby. And I remember I seen the picture she took and I was like, yo, where'd you get these developed at? Because I had like the white border. They were like really nicely clear. Real. And she's like, oh, well, first I got a tripod and this and that. And I'm just like, all right. I'm out with my friends taking pictures of graph and just what we're doing, but nothing seriously mm-hmm. until I went to go develop an SD card there one day and you could like enhance the pictures on the, you could sit down and enhance it. And I was like, oh, this is a game changer. I don't even need to learn a camera. I just do, I just cheat my way through this with technology. Just the other day, probably like two days ago, the wife pulled out a stack of pictures from that time and I was like, not only was I super skinnier, but like just the stuff I was wearing, the stuff I was taking pictures of, I was like, what year is this? It's like 2016, <laughs> like And I was like, man, this is crazy. Or, or no, it was like 2012, I think. I was like, this is crazy. Like how just you can like, those pictures tell a story. Yeah, freeze right? time. Yeah, just freeze time. And like I seen that and immediately was like, I remember that jacket. You know, I was not thinking about that beforehand, but like that spot right there did a lot for a lot of people. I don't, is it called something different now? Is it new owners now? Um, It's still Mike's. Okay. It's still Mike's. Um, I think there is new owners, but they keeping it the same. Okay. Same thing. Yeah. I remember just that place has been around forever. Passed it as a kid, not knowing what it was. I don't even know if it was a camera spot then, but just it's a cool place. Wow. Yeah. That is crazy. Yeah. It's been, it's been there for a long time. Um, so what, where does, have you ever started developing your own film? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. When does that happen in this whole process? Um, that happens when I find, um, well, I find out about like black and white film, black and white film and, um, the pricing, the pricing of, cause you know, you, I'm going there every day for two, three years, every single day. Yeah. And, um. I'm starting to figure out that I'm spending a lot of money. Yeah. Spending a lot of money on developing and stuff. And um, with color film, it's a bit more expensive um, to develop. Or not say to develop uh, in time. Time, too. With color film, you can get it back quicker. And um, it's a little bit more expensive. But with uh, black and white film, it's easier to develop. And it takes the stores longer to develop. Oh. Or so because of the machines they have, they're not black and white machines. They're just color machines. Yeah. And um, so it got to that point to where I was like, man, all right, I'm taking pictures. I'm going there. And I'm like, man, I want to see my pictures. So I, instead of uh, developing my film, I just save the film that I was going to develop. And I just buy black and white developer, basically, okay. or the tools, the materials to develop the black and white film. And um, from there, yeah, went to YouTube, figured out how to do it. And from there, I was doing it in my bathroom. Oh. Yeah, I was doing it in my bathroom, just like in the dark, in the dark. Yeah. And um, 
from there, yeah, it took another lane or took another turn because I got into like only black and white. At the time, only black and white film. It was cheaper as well to buy. So it was like, okay, boom, um, I'm developing. I could take the picture, see it that night instead of waiting two, three days. All right, I can do this by myself. So you're developing a personal process. Yeah, yeah. That's what came with it as well. Yeah, like whole process from buying the film, shooting it, developing it, scanning it, turning around and viewing it. Then you go print it or so. So you have, how? in my mind, I'm asking myself, how much time is that? From the time you get off work, go home, grab the camera or whatever, take your actual content, go home and develop it, look at it. How many hours is that, like in total, to, to process? Um, Say through one day. Through one day. Through yeah. one day. Because um, I would... I would, uh, with HVAC or so, like, I would have my camera with me. I would have my camera okay. with me because um, the job that I was doing, it was only, like, residential places. So yeah. I would take my camera to people's houses. Yeah. Like, I'm in their house. I'm in their bathroom. I'm like, man, I'm I'm seeing stuff. Like, dang, this is how they put together their bathroom. And yeah. So I'm, I mean, I'm not taking pictures of their house and yeah, stuff, yeah. stuff, but I'm just getting influenced. So um, from there... I would go straight from my house to downtown and probably like an hour. I'd spend an hour there. Then on my way back, I'm still shooting photos from the light rail and this and this and that. And then come back, I'll probably go to sleep. But then the next day, I'll I'll process the film or stuff like that or so. How long Sorry does a picture that. take to process chemically black and white in your own bathroom? Um, It probably took about... 20 minutes a roll at the time at the time okay. when I'm new to it took me about 20 minutes a roll and I'm probably developing like four rows so about an hour and a half or so about an hour and a half on top of that I'm not even like I'm up or I would say I'm up from like 6 to 12 Yeah, 6 to 12 midnight going to sleep waking up 6 or waking up 5 a.m. Going back to work or coming back from work at five, back outside, staying up to midnight every day. Yeah, and I ask that because in when you have a new craft or just any craft, there's a lot of unseen or undocumented, unappreciated, whatever you want to call it, time. And it's like just the travel from you take one picture with the digital camera and it's instant. You can see it. But you're having to like account for the travel time and the development time and this so i think that i was my question is does that does that process play into you now looking at pictures and shooting them are you shooting them with a little more value knowing that there's a whole nother process after taking this picture or like how does that how does the developing with film black and white on your own how does that affect your shooting process um I would say, yeah, it definitely did because, um, like I said, or say when I had the digital camera, you can take 20 photos of the same thing to get the one. Yeah. To get the one. And then um, going into film, I had color film, and it's like, oh, okay, now every picture is you paying for it. You're yeah. paying for every picture. But you still, um, 
you see in stuff, you see a little flower that looks nice. Man, let me get that photo. You see a car, let me get that photo. And it's adding up. But then with black and white, you know you can't see everything in color. Basically, you you don't you don't start to look at colors with black and white. You just start to look at you start to look at uh emotion and you start looking Damn. at energy and stuff like you you see that flower again and it's like I can't even take that picture because the color won't show up. Yeah. It'll be more of what's what am I taking a picture of basically. And that's what really changed my mindset about black and white. Um there was a saying too that um a guy had told me he was like, "Man, you take pictures in color." You taking pictures of people's clothes, and you take pictures in black and white. You taking pictures of people's soul. Damn. So, so it was son. like, yeah, I was like, man, from that moment on, it was just like, all right, yo, that's two dope ass sound bites in like a minute. You stop taking pictures, you can't even see the color, yeah. so you have to see the energy, yeah. right, and the emotion. That's fire. You stop taking pictures of people's clothes. Start taking pictures of people's soul. Damn, your poet didn't even know it. That's Man, tight. I, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm like, it was hitting me. I was like, <laughs> That's what I'm this is crazy. It changed up my whole game. I'm like, man, forget that flower. Yeah. Like, so. That's wild, man. That's tight too. Where does where does exposure come into play in this? How are people getting to know your work through Instagram, through your travels in the city, like? Where do you start getting a buzz and a style and all that in this time frame? Um, I would say, well, I started in 2018, seriously. Okay. And um, I was still, like, fresh to Sacramento. Still is. Fresh to Sacramento. And like I'm saying, I'm going out every day after work for an hour, coming downtown. I'm taking pictures of people and things. And um, I'm taking pictures of people and they start, I'll post their picture, tag them or whatever. Yeah. And the next day I'll take a picture of another person, tag them. And those two people will know each other. Yeah. And I don't, or I know them two separately, but yeah. I don't know that they know each other when I'm taking a photo and yeah. stuff. And the more I, I was doing that, it was starting to become like a little community. Mm-hmm. Starting to become a community. And um, that's where I guess exposure and stuff started happening because um it was just like a natural thing to me taking yeah. pictures of them but to them it was like man he he documenting us and yeah this is how i guess it's coming together but um the real i would say the real exposure came from the magazine it came from the magazine put a pin in that we're gonna get to that okay i promise we will what's how much time are we at mario right now okay so you're learning, let me sum all this up. Get to Sacramento. You're learning the city the same time you're learning your art form. Yes, sir. And everything is going through stages, peaks and valleys and changes and shit. You're meeting people. You're learning just, you're a sponge. Yeah. Right? And then something very powerful or big happens. Call it COVID. Yeah, right? The yeah. world shuts down. What does that do for you? Like... COVID shut down. Mm-hmm. You, you ain't going to work now. Yeah. You wake up that day, what happens? Um, to me, it was kind of like it was uh it was kind of normal because I was always isolated. 
Yeah. Like I always been isolated, always just been me. Like I said, I was just moving around the city um, where I didn't know anybody outside of the people I was taking pictures of. Yeah. Like I didn't really have no family. I didn't have no friends like that. Yeah. So I was always just moving in isolation or so. But um, when COVID happened, it kind of um, put everybody else in isolation. Mm -hmm. But I was still like going outside. I was still doing the regular thing because it was... yeah. I was really never close, like in yeah, people's yeah. area. Or so, so I was just still doing me. I was still doing me. I was still going outside, taking pictures. It's ghost town outside. Yeah, it is. But for me to get that fuel out of my art or whatever, I'm yeah. still outside documenting. And um, and you're documenting the current event. It's never happened before. Yeah, yeah, and that's what it was too. Yeah. It was like, man, um, at that point. Sorry. Oh, my fault. It's exciting. No, go ahead. Go ahead. At that yeah, point. yeah. At that point, um, I have like a couple people paying attention to my running clocks. Um, my running clocks little page or so, they paying attention. So to me, um, yeah, I'm in the streets just still documenting or showing what I see. Yeah. And um, yeah, that's when the protest pops off or so. And um um, yeah, I'm watching it on TV. Now, what did you... All right, let, let me try to recap this. COVID happens, the restrictions come on, yeah, and then the George Floyd event happens, and then all hell breaks loose when the sun goes down in every city in the country. Yeah. Every major city. Yeah. Um, it happened here, too. I remember painting graffiti, seeing... National Guards trucks full of men. And I was like, yo, what yeah. the fuck? It was crazy. It was crazy going into Midtown. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yo, wait, what? Am I seeing this right? Like yeah. the story kept getting crazier and crazier, right? It was like a <laughs> like a 28 days later movie or Bro. something. It was like, yo, what the hell is going on? On top of COVID. On top of COVID. And it's like, I'm in a movie for real. Bro. So that sparked an important journey for me because i wanted to know like what does racism truly mean to me personally yeah. where does it start from people that look like me this this and that mm. now you had seen the protests on tv you're watching the protests of sacramento happen yeah and what are you seeing like a couple of nights of marches and then looting or um it was like the very first day of uh like everybody just gathering. I remember seeing like uh I think they're over here at Oak Park Market. Okay. It was like uh they had like a it was on the news. They had like a helicopter looking down and yeah. you could just see everybody forming in the middle of the street or starting to form. Yeah. In the middle of the street. And um that was like the first day or first first time I seen people just riled up and emotional or so yeah. and um yeah, it was at the Oak Park Market. And um, I had just probably got home from work and I was watching it and I was like, man, it's getting crazy. It's yeah. getting crazy. Like people starting to feel it. And um, with me being in the streets from before, just taking pictures, I just had that feeling like, man, I should be there. Yeah, I should be there. But um, I had work the next day. I had work the next day and I was like, man, I can't go out. Da, 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 da. So, um. Yeah, come out to a next day. Or they said on the news that all oh, people are going to start meeting at Cesar Chavez Park. Yeah, yeah. There's going to be 
or meet us at Steven Chavez Park. And yeah, the next day I called off work. I called off of work and I went to Cesar Chavez like eight thirty that morning. Everybody met up at. Oh, nine. so you woke up, made the choice, did yeah. it moving. Yeah. Okay. I already knew like from the energy I was feeling from that first day, it was yeah. like, man, it's it's so much going on. Like it's yeah. so much feeling in the air. Like I needed to be there. Yeah. I definitely needed to be there. And it was going on in the streets. So I was like, man, it's it's only me I can be there to to document it. Yeah. Like it was already in my style and what I felt what was happening. Yeah. So you show up to Cesar Chavez Park with the camera. Yes, sir. Just waiting to get some footage. What happens during that day? Like what's what are you seeing? Not through the camera, but what are you seeing? Um just like man, just like Everybody, just everybody. It was on a Saturday that day. Yeah. Like the Friday that it sparked, everybody was still at work. Yeah. But on that Saturday, that next morning, everybody was off of work. So yeah. everybody showed up at Cesar Chavez. Like how many races. people do you think? Man, I can't even put a count on it, but tens, hundreds. Uh, I would say like twenty third, maybe. Maybe uh, I don't even know. Probably about ten thousand. It was a lot of people. Ten thousand people. A, it was a lot of people, bro. It was That's twenty thousand shoes, son. It was a lot <laughs> of people. Like everybody going through it. Like you could just yeah. see it flowing through people's body. Like it's going through me. Look, like I'm, yeah. I'm blown away from what I'm seeing, feeling from the news and yeah. how everybody's reacting. Um, all races is there, mm-hmm. like. Just, it was real like community. Like everybody's yeah. mourning from that, but um, everybody's just coming together, keeping everybody together. People crying and people raging at the police, and yeah. um, it was just so many emotions at the time. It was so many emotions going on, and um, that was the first time I've experienced something at that caliber to say um happen yeah to say happen in my lifetime or to be in it like that and so when do you when do you go from just seeing it experiencing it to picking up the camera putting it up and just being like i'm gonna take this i'm gonna take that like you just letting that happen um um yeah like i mean it it was kind of like I felt like it was like my duty to document it. Okay. Because when I was like, I was like the only black dude there really with a camera, number one. And um, two, um, I knew it was people that was looking at me to tell a story of what I see with me being black or yeah. this happening to a black person. And um, for, uh, yeah, I would say for me to tell that story, tell the real story or so. And I'm going through it. I'm going through emotions yeah, at bet, this man. time. I'm I'm scared or I'm yeah. doing this. You know, I mean? you know how you feel about the police and this and that. I don't feel all police are bad, but you feel me? From that event, that time, that moment, it's like, dang, this could happen to me. It can, like, yeah. it can happen to me or this can happen to my friend or anybody, mm-hmm. so. At the time, I'm soaking up what's going on, but in my mind, I'm like, I'm here to do a job. 
when yeah. you have to do a job and I have to tell it how I only I can tell it, basically. Yeah. So you go through your normal process. You start taking pictures of energy yes, sir. and people's souls. You go home. You develop that film? Yeah, yeah, I instantly developed it. And what did you think when you developed it and you see the film, you see the image come through? Did you know, like, I got some soul right here? What were you um, thinking as at, you're seeing it come through? At the time, I was just like, I didn't know it was something. I didn't know it was something, but I just felt like I I captured the day. Okay. Like, I captured the day yeah. or I captured um, what was going on. Like, it was what was going on that day. Like, um, I didn't go in, like, looking to... I know you didn't. That's why like, I'm putting that out. Yeah, that's I'm not. I'm I didn't go in and, like, looking to capitalize off of it or anything like yeah. that. It was just like, I need to tell a story of how people in Sacramento are feeling. Yeah. Basically. And, um, yeah, looking at the pictures and stuff, I didn't really know that it was it was something. I just yeah. I just put it up as... This is what I seen. This is how I feel. This is how the people are feeling. And the people reacted, I guess to say. What happens to the image? What happens to the images? What kind of response do you get online? Um, I would say the first day, because it happened like three consecutive days. The first day I posted like probably like nine pictures, ten pictures, maxed mm-hmm. it out. And um, it was, yeah, a collection of photos and people were like, Man, this is this is powerful. Yeah, this is crazy. Like, um, cause you're seeing it happen all over the world, and um, people are documenting their state, they yeah. documenting their city and stuff. And um, for me, feeling like I had to document here, or I was the representation. I wanted to give the best version, yeah. so I was putting up the best photos that I felt were uh, saying something, giving movement. I was giving energy, emotion, and um, yeah, people were accepting it just how I was giving it. Like, man, this is crazy. Like, you see people crying. You see people holding up signs. Like, yeah. just holding hands. Just, you feel me? Wanting to know why, basically. Yeah, yeah. Wanting to know why. And um, yeah, from that day, the next day I go out, take photos again, do the same thing. Come okay. back in, develop the film, I post the pictures. And um, I just tell a story of basically my experience of racism and yeah. things I've been through and why I'm posting these photos or yeah, the emotion of these photos. And same thing, same thing. People reacted like crazy. And um, the third day is when I found um, the black woman with the afro where I got the, the photo. And... Um, same thing. Took the photo of her. Didn't think nothing of it. Didn't think nothing of it. I just yeah. liked her aesthetics. I liked the earrings she had in, and went home. Take the uh, developed the film, posted it, and that one got an even crazier response. Everybody was like, "Man, this is this is powerful." You can tell she had a mask on. Yeah. She had an afro. She had a Black Lives Matter earrings, um, earrings. Yeah. and it's like, man, this is essence. This is telling the story one photo and yeah it blew up from there that's what i think kind of carried it carried it most definitely what do you mean blowed up it blew up from there what does that mean um i would say the the previous photos that i had posted 
which was probably like 20 photos and yeah. or two posts, 10 photos each. Those were um those were moving like people was catching on to what yeah. I was doing and stuff, but I posted that one photo and there were people in the comments telling me they're crying and wow. they can't believe this like this yeah. is a moving photo like this is yeah. a great photo and it was a representation of what we were going through as far as like COVID and with that protest or with the George Floyd thing and her earring and just like it, it was crazy like a girl from London hit me up a girl from London hit yeah. me up and I was like, man, this is the first time so I'm talking to somebody from overseas or something yeah. like this. And that's why I was like, man, I didn't think nothing of it like that. I, yeah. I just seen her and she looked like a representation of what you would see in the 60s or 70s during those riot days. And I was just like, man, I love your essence. Can can I take a photo of you? Yeah. That's where, it, yeah, it went to a new level. Where does the magazine come into play? Um, the magazine comes into play uh, with, um, I have, or I have a friend or so that uh, he he worked or he land, or uh, freelanced, I'm sorry. Okay. He freelanced for Sacramento Magazine um, at the time. And um, I was a part of this group called Beers and Cameras or so. And they would post up... Um, or have little meetings of when, um, or they will have meetings like every once a month. And um, a lot of uh, camera community would meet up, basically. Yeah. And um, they went to him. He was the leader of it. And they asked him, like, oh, do you know anybody who's photographing the protests? Yeah. And at this time, I already got the photos out. Yeah. I already posted the photos. And he led them to me. He led them to me, and um, the art director was like, well, do you have any photos or so? And I showed him the photos, and he was like, man, these are good. Like, can we make a post on you, put you in a magazine? And I'm yeah. like, man, yeah, that would that would be great. That yeah, would be, be great. Tight. And, yeah. Um, yeah, through the time, he's keeping me updated. I already sent him the photos. He's made us editing about it. And, um out of nowhere, yeah, he hits me up. It goes from, man, we got you four pages in there. He's like, man, Damn. and um, now we, we want to make it the cover. We want to make it the cover. And I'm like, what? Yeah, that's wild. And, I'm yeah, I'm blown away. I'm like, what? And he's like, yeah, this picture is so powerful that it needs to be told or the message needs to be told yeah. or so. And that's where, it, yeah, it Man, it was like man, that's wild. infinite like goal that yeah. instantly came. Man, it was it was crazy. It was moving at the same time. I heard this from you already, but I'm even I'm like tripped out on it now. Hearing it, it I've learned that art can be an equation. Man, this plus that equals this. Man, this this plus that equals that, and so like. If you wouldn't have got SNR, found the galleries, dude approach you on the street, film this, film that, black and white, financial situation, this, you know, there wouldn't have been the cover of that magazine. At all, Like bro. this. And the thing that stands out to me that's giving me goosebumps 
when you approach art honestly, people can see that in one way, shape, or another. People can see that. Man. And so you approached it extremely honestly, right? And like yeah. it paid off big with the with the exposure part by getting the cover of a magazine of a historic event. Man. You know, you didn't just take a picture of the new restaurant opening up. Man. So that's wild to me. Like just all these different events. And then yeah, that gives you the courage to pursue photography, correct? Yes, sir. As a profession. Yes. Yep. So what happens when you see this 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 cover come out? What happens in your mind? You get the physical magazine in your hand. Yeah. What are you like? What are the emotions? What are the thoughts? Man, honestly, I was just like, man, this is this is it. Like, yeah. This is this is the big break, or, yeah. or 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 so. Like, man, this is yeah. I'm about to give me a job at Sacramento Magazine. I'm about yeah. to all these big things are gonna come. Da, 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 da. You know, you thinking coming from nothing. You like. This is it. Like, yeah. not everybody get it, yeah. get the cover or this and that. And um, yeah, I'm really going through it. Like, my phone is blowing up. My phone is blowing up days and days. Like, it's ringing. It's going off. So I'm like, what the? That's I mean, crazy. I'm never thinking that I'm like a celebrity or anything. But yeah. I'm like, bro, I can't, I can't shake this. Like, yeah, it's from my phone blowing up. Like every minute, like just going crazy i'm yeah. like man okay what what could i do next that's what i was really thinking like um because i would say if i wasn't taking out that one day or that one hour every day i wouldn't have been prepared that's what i'm for saying. those photos yeah. or i wouldn't have been prepared or so so i was like man i'm really or this was the top for myself yeah like, this was the the top level for myself. Yeah. So I'm like, man, what what could I do next or what could I do to keep it going? Yes. Just to keep it going. So I was still just just working. Just still doing the same thing, going out every day and yeah. um cuz now yeah, I got this new look, got this new eye on me, all these people paying attention. I knew people from like higher ups was looking and stuff like that. So I'm like, man, what could I do next to yeah. keep it going basically? Does that fuck up the creative process at all? It it does. It it well it I wouldn't say it. for everybody, but um okay. for me. For yeah. me it did because um like I said, it put me at this high level to mm-hmm. where I knew people were paying attention or higher ups and stuff and I got into a fact of where um I was like, yeah, what what could I do to take it to the next level? And um I'm already topped out myself. Yeah, 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 so I'm yeah. still out every picture that I post or so or I'm in this I get into this race of thinking I've always need to have something posted or and it's taking me away from what I'm really learning out of the art because I get put at this top level so quick yeah I'm like man what I don't have anything left to give I'm I'm tired out it's like your artist or a rapper putting out they best song or something the or first it out the gate. blows up yeah. and then after that it's like well this wasn't really that artist this yeah. was just it was just that <laughs> single yeah, it was just that single yeah. it was just like okay well we signed them too quick yeah i didn't want to give people that that feeling because i knew i had more yeah i knew i had more and i didn't really know 
how to pull it out. So I was just keeping the work, keep working. But um, at the same time, I knew these people was paying attention to me. So I was kind of like switching my game up or I was leveling up my game, not even knowing it consciously. Yeah. But just by just putting out stuff. And I was I wasn't putting out anything. Yeah. But I was putting out stuff that I believed people wanted to see compared to the stuff that I was feeling and what got me there. Yeah. So, so yeah, it could definitely, my fault, it could definitely mess up your mind or think that you always got to be current or you got to always be in people's faces and this and this and that at that time. It's distracting. It is. what it is. It's distracting. And that's, that's the challenge, right? Like as you grow and you do things, you can't let that, yeah. Take you off track. The track's what got you there. Track's going to keep you there. Mm-hmm. Where does, what happens after that professionally? Are you getting booked or hired for like photography stuff or like? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm getting hired for everything. I'm sh- And I ain't turning nothing down. <laughs> I ain't turning nothing down. I'm showing up to birthday parties. <laughs> like it kind of like, yes, yeah, stretched out the. Uh, Stretched out my lane of, because uh, I came in doing street, like yeah. just doing street. And I had it in my mind, like, yeah, that's what I'm going to do. But then uh, after the cover, people, yeah, can you show up to my birthday party? Can you show yeah. up to document this or this? And I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. Show yeah. up to my lounge. Show up to whatever. And, yeah, I'm just showing up, taking pictures, um, building, I would say out of that, building good relationships between me just popping up and being this new person or whatever. And um yeah, from now I'm just popping up, taking pictures or whatever. And you whatever. quit your job, right? Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. take the leap. There you go. I forgot to ask you that earlier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um during the I'll say during the protest, um, it was either be at the protest or be at my job. Yeah. And I was like, man, um, I was already yeah saving up money. I was already saving up money to kind of give me like a a little egg of or a little freedom between quitting my job and figuring out what I'm doing. Yeah. What I'm doing. So um yeah, I was like, man, this is the sign. This is the sign I need to I just quit my job and I was I just showed up to the protest and I would even say if I didn't quit my job, I would have never even got that cover. Yeah. I would have never even got that cover or anything to help what I'm doing now. So, forgive me, we're, we're getting a little short on time. I wanted to cover more it's about the good. photography, but I kind of dove into your previous. No, man. I think that's powerful. Appreciate anyway, that. Anyways, uh, where does clothing and fashion come into play, man? Like, I know you didn't grow up with a whole lot of money. Yeah. But in streets, in the streets, when you got all nice stuff, yeah. that's kind of part of the culture, right? You like yeah. to be a little flashy. So I get, I get where it starts in your life. Mm-hmm. As influence, but where does it start, like as a creative outlet for you? Um, I would like to say, um, when me and my mom moved here, we kind of moved here with nothing. We, okay, we moved here with nothing, and um, like you said, in the culture, you know, your clothes is your expression. If you yeah. can't really talk or anything like that, so I was really um, as I was working, like I would have little jobs, Walmart and Kmart and here and there, um, through the time of me going to school and high school and stuff, as I'm working, I'm buying a t-shirt 
I'm buying a $15 t-shirt, $20 t-shirt every yeah. paycheck just to like build my wardrobe, yeah. just to build my wardrobe and have something to wear. And um, um, I would say like Stussy. Stussy was like my entry gate or yeah. entry gate to streetwear, to streetwear. Those were the main clothing I was buying because it was affordable. It was yeah. affordable. I can spend $15 here, $20 there. And they had so many different options. You can buy a vest or you can buy whatever for yeah. the same 15, 20 bucks. So I'm like, okay, I'm sticking with this company. Not yeah. even knowing that it's real streetwear. Yeah, yeah. Not even knowing that it's real streetwear. And um from there, yeah, my wardrobe started to just like build up from spending fifteen, twenty dollars every single paycheck. Yeah. Every single paycheck. And um come to it, I'm I'm going places still with my friends and family, or my friends and their family. They're yeah. taking me different places. Um, as they travel, they'll take me with them. And I'm buying, um, like, patches. I'm buying patches from um, L.A. I'm buying patches from San Francisco. Okay. And um, I had bought this jacket. It was like a like a bomber jacket or so, yeah. just a green bomber jacket. And I would buy patches for that jacket from when... I would travel places, and um, that's how I kind of got my first sewing machine okay. or so. And I would just sew the patches onto that jacket. Like, it was messy. It was messy, <laughs> I would say. Like, I wasn't even trying to figure out how to sew or anything. I was just wanting to get the patches on the jacket. Yeah. And that's where it became, like, a, my first expression or that I've learned that it was, like, my first expression because... Um, People were starting to compliment me on the jacket. And yeah. I was like, man, this is just some patches that I've gotten from around. So, yeah, from there, um, this is probably six years ago. Six years ago, and um, from there, yeah, I'm still buying the patches, and uh, I try to make a T-shirt. I try to make a T-shirt with the sewing machine or so, probably a year after that. Yeah. year after that, and... Um, the way I was trying to make it, it was just, I put my regular t-shirt that I already had on, I put it over some fabric and I just cut around it, not even knowing and that. And that you, don't work? It didn't work, oh, bro. I would think it worked. Came out trash. Like, <laughs> bro, like I was trying to put on the sleeve yeah, and yeah. nothing. And um, I was just like, man, forget this. I ain't even, I'm done with this. I'm going back to patches. I just yeah. put patches, started putting patches back on. And I still had the sewing machine. Um, but it was too advanced for me. That was another thing too. It was too advanced. Um, and probably until like last year, last year and a half or so. But through that time, I'm still buying Stussy like yeah, faithfully, faithfully. Every paycheck, I'm spending that fifteen twenty dollars. Yeah, 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 faithfully. But um, I would say what made me want to wear clothes and stuff is from seeing people style out here. Like the resources and thing, like where I come from, people are, for me, it's snowing all the time. We all wear the same things. We're wearing puff coats. We're wearing yeah. Pelly Pell. And, but out here, it's it's different weathers. Yeah. Everybody has independent styles. There's so many much more things to pay attention to, resources that everybody dress like themselves. Like it's... Everybody has independent style. Yeah. Or we can all be in the same weather, but I got a hoodie on. He may have a t-shirt on. You may have a, a tank top on. Yeah. And so we all in the same weather, 
wearing different things. Yeah. So it was just like, man, this is crazy how people are expressing themselves through them clothes, through their clothes, yeah. through their clothes and the resources. It was like, man, anything you can really pretty much think about, you can get to it out here, out here, rather do Craigslist or OfferUp or yeah. if you really want it, you can get to it. So out here, it was like, okay, even if I'm buying something secondhand, it's still great to me. It's yeah, still yeah. great clothing. Yeah. So. so I'm like, that's where I really start seeing the expression. Where does fabricating your own styles of expression, where does that, where does that take off? I think you said, I think you just said it though, about a year ago. Um, yeah, just- about, I would say about a year ago. Um, I just started, uh, or I was, uh, what was the first thing? I was think I made a vest, vest. With the pockets? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, or I made a vest. Um, I made a vest out of an- another vest that I had, or I-, I had another vest. I took the pockets and everything off that vest. Yeah. And I had, uh, fabricated uh, another vest to put those pockets on, yeah. basically, and um, I posted it, and people liked it. Or actually, actually, take that back. I had bought a blanket from Goodwill. I bought a blanket from Goodwill, and um, it was like an alphabet blanket, and I ended up cutting out like a little uh, a button-up shirt. Yeah. Or it was like a jacket. Yeah, I was making button-up shirts at first, but I had made a jacket out of that blanket, and. I posted it and everybody loved it. It was like, man. I thought it was tight too when I seen it. I was like, man, this is crazy. I didn't think people was into it. I just I just liked it. Yeah. I just liked it. But yeah, from there I was like, okay, I might got something if I really try. If I really try. Yeah, and I think you when I seen it, check check this out. So <laughs> I seen it and I was like, yo, I know that's not one of them old lady blankets. That he may look tight though. <laughs> Who does he think he is with the old lady? This is tight. Like, what is this? It was so unique to me that it was tight. And I was like, what else he got? I seen the horse one. I seen just all kinds of stuff. The the jacket was tight with the letters on it. And I was like, I could see this being like a thing. Man. You take old fabric and blankets and doing something with it. The thing that really there was two though that that really got me where I was like that I'll, I'll rock that was the polka dot shorts. Oh man, with the shirt I was like, ooh, I love polka dots. I never told nobody though. Brother. I was like, polka dots are fire, right? Brother. And then you had it was it like orange camo or like orange with like like branches on it. Oh, the it, real tree. Yeah, the real tree camo. Okay. And I was like, I had some dunks like that back in the day that were orange with the real tree on it. And bro. they were my favorite pair. And I was like, that's that outfit 20 years later. Bro. That's it right there. <laughs> but that could only, that style could only come if somebody just made it. And I was like, the pictures of the street stuff, the clothing, you're about, you're, you're, you're about street culture yeah. like I am. Yeah. Like that's fucking tight. Before I even met you or talked to you, Real. I saw that and I was like, dude. And then the forces with the fabric on it, I was like, yeah, this dude got it. I need to talk to this dude. Like, this is tight. Appreciate it, man. Where do you see this going now? Or where, no, where would you like to see fashion going for you as a designer? Um, For me, I like, I would say I, I always, by end game, I always just wanted me like a, like a boutique or a store, like 
I never really been focused on trying to become a celebrity or yeah. anything like that. I just really want to have something enjoyable and comfortable here in Sacramento. Yeah. Cuz I say like without me moving to Sacramento, I don't I w- wouldn't say it, it wouldn't happen this way, but I don't believe it would have happened how it's happening, I guess yeah. to say now. And um a lot of the stuff that keeps me going to create and it's like the community here, like yeah. everybody's artists, everybody's expressing themselves and everybody's doing something they truly love and they yeah. really honest to themselves about it or so. So um, to me, I've always just wanted a boutique or something I can, a space where I can just create, space where I can create and um make clothes and sell prints or so that's what i'm looking for to be my end game right now um having a boutique like i want to become a vendor right now i'm just creating products and um basically falling in love with just creating just creating before i create for anybody or anything i'm just creating products and things and then um i want to see how the people or how the people is taking it right now it tells me that I should just continue doing what I'm doing and hopefully it turns into a boutique where people can come um, get clothes. I want to have a dark room there. That's why I feel like a community dark room would be great for Sacramento because I feel like a lot of film photographers are here in Sacramento and um, just to have a place where they can come, develop their film, print their photos, they can shop for clothes. I'll have... um, workshops where they can learn how to make a bucket hat they can learn how to make a vest or whatever and um i want that to be yeah all in the same place i can have my prints up whatever they can learn like just how i came here and and learned i listened to an audiobook recently and this reminds me that this audiobook is called the dapper dan story Oh man! You know oh yeah, what I'm yeah. So 100. when you're telling me that, I was like, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. If you turned into like the new school Dapper Dan, man, that's fire. Somebody recently told me, uh, told me that, or so that yeah. they see me as one of those that's type. That's fire, so. man. That's fire. I'm getting off track a little bit here. Um, before we talked about the fashion stuff, I wanted or got into where he wanted to be in fashion. I meant to ask you about designing clothes for an opera show okay designing the costumes first off how do you even get in contact with the sacramento like opera what is that what it's called or yeah. the sacramento philharmonic and opera mm-hmm. yeah that sounds fancy yeah man it um it all started with uh, atrium i would say it started with okay. atrium i was taking um product photos for them or when they was first opening up like yeah. it was like a test trial air um they was just seeing how it how it goes, and they was bringing in people to uh, basically start their online business. They already had a business, but they was putting it online for them. Okay. And um, I was one of the people that was taking the photos of the clients' uh, products or so, so they can put it online. And um, they just at the beginning of it, they had a season, basically a season where they take in. I think it was probably a hundred people. And we just cover all those hundred people, and then they close up and they work with those hundred people and see the test trial, basically. Yeah. So um, through that time, there was a lady, like an older lady next door, who sold clothes, 
And um, me, I was already in my mindset wanting to make clothes. So um, as I was doing the product photography, I would go next door. I would go next door and see the lady, um, see her creations and how she was doing it. I was just like blown away, definitely blown away of how she was creating and nobody was seeing it. Yeah. Basically. So I would go spend time with her if I wasn't taking photos um at Atrium. And um from there she kinda like started um like sharpening my game a little bit here and there, the more time I spent with her. And she had the contract to Sack Opera. Okay. Basically. And um once she got the contract, she uh or they, the opera, I think the opera had told her that they wanted to modernize it. Like, because most operas you go to, they're still in, like, the older clothes and they are got the older setting, yeah. basically. And with um, her being older, me being younger, we kind of just put our heads together of how we can bring both worlds. Yeah. You feel me? How we can bring, bring both worlds together and... She already had costume ideas and everything because I'm still learning. I'm still learning. I just know how to wear clothes or I just know yeah. streetwear or yeah. my best view on it. So, um, yeah, she came to me like, this is the idea that I have going on for it. What do you think? And I just give her what I felt or what I would wear during those times or whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, that's when we came together and started yeah, developing the costumes and how they should fit or what should be worn, I would say. And what was that experience like for you being a new designer, being a new craftsman in this space? You got this, you're making a part of a moving art piece, a yeah. story, a play slash musical. It's like, I think that's what an opera is. I've never mm-hmm. been to an yeah. opera, but that's what I'll assume it is. Yeah. What was that experience like for you making stuff for that, knowing it's going to play a part? in a bigger picture man it was um i would say it was exciting same time it was um it was still like a learning curve to me it was still a learning curve but um for me to know that it was going to be somewhere bigger than i am or so yeah it was more like uh me um me, I would say I was I was setting up for something that um I would say I was setting up for something that I knew I would step into sooner or later. Yeah. Like sooner or later. Like yeah. like it's like uh man, I don't even know how to put it. But it was basically like me given a test like me giving a test and um like man if you if you know about this test basically you can ace it but if yeah. you if it's nothing you studied before I, I don't man i don't know how to 100 well, percent. all right it. you ain't i'm sorry that's a, that's a that's an awkward question no it's not um because it was like something i prepared for yeah but during the process of putting it all together I'm still preparing to yeah. put it together but I'm just going based off my knowledge of from streetwear and yeah. everything but I found out later that's what they wanted they just wanted a younger feel a younger feel to it so it was like in my mind I'm thinking too hard about it yeah. but it's really just me 
I would say. It, it was just me. That's fire, man. And that's... Maybe that's the thing everybody, the artists, need to remember. It's always... Like, you're you're enough. You yeah. Know? You don't need all this other stuff. Just mm-hmm. you as the artist being honest is enough. It is. And that's tight. Um, oh, We're getting way off time. I'm sorry. Uh, man. I'm, I'm, we're going to ask one more question and conclusion and then we'll do the outros and everything tell me about let's fast forward a little bit and let's talk about the blog you were just recently put on okay with fashion yeah how did you even find out about that blog what was the blog again remind me oh um friday pattern company okay friday pattern company and um that was like um that was like my entry into fashion i would say into the fashion side because um say with my photography i feel like i'm i'm gaining up here but as far as like fashion i'm yeah yeah. it ain't it ain't there yet yeah it ain't there 100 percent. so um yeah i follow a lot of like pattern companies and people who make um basically the blueprint of the shirt like say this say this deucey shirt this is deucey shirt but the actual blueprint of it they probably make a hundred different ones of these and they the measurements something stuff? else yeah okay so um that's where i found that company on instagram and it was a woman's company but i like their clothes and how they were presenting things they vibe and um i asked them do they make stuff for men yeah and the lady was like she contacted me back she was like um we do but not as much um but we can start yeah. Like not even noticing that she talking to me about yeah. it. And um she showed me like a jacket that um they had that was like closer to the men's side or so. Okay. And um I liked the jacket and I was like, okay, um I bought the pattern actually. I bought the pattern without even telling them. I was like, Man, all right, I'm gonna try to make this jacket for myself. Yeah. And that's where I made the polka dot, um, the polka dot set. Yeah, that's or so. Good. So I made the jacket. And um, they liked the, the polka dot set so much. They was like, okay, well, then can you make another jacket and show how you made it for you or basically for a man? Like, yeah, yeah. It was a unisex jacket, but a lot of people that have been shown in it still have been women okay. or so. So I was like, okay, yeah, I can show how I made it for a man and um, how would you like it to be made, basically. I had a bunch of ideas, but... With them being a um, like self-sustainable thrift shop type place, and that's what I was already doing since yeah. I made the jacket from the, the blanket. Um, they was like, "Oh yeah, could we make a scrap jacket? Could we make a thrift jacket from all the stuff you've had from all your other projects?" And I'm like, "Cool, all right, I already got stuff. I ain't got to go buy new stuff." Yeah, boom. So um, yeah, I just kind of recorded and um, took pictures of each step of how I made the jacket for their viewers yeah and um yeah they posted it or they loved the jacket that i made posted it and it was one of their biggest reactions or so it was one of my biggest reactions so i was like man this is this is great it is and i seen it and i didn't know that was a women's a predominantly women's company i looked into it and i was like i like the colors the patterns everything i'm seeing like Mm mm-hmm so it's tight that you can actually, it really doesn't matter, especially nowadays. You yeah, know, like yeah. Stuff crosses over all the time. For real. Nobody cares. 
For real, bro. I've seen it. Yeah, I've seen it. And I was just like, man, I do like the style of the jacket. Yeah. And I can do something to make it manly, basically. Yeah. Shoot. And they gave me the okay, basically. They gave me the okay to show how it can be worn for a man. Yeah. And yeah, I loved it. I loved it. And I'm hoping that we can get something started with them. Like, well, yeah. And what I'm hearing is you're like a... You're getting really good at on-the-job learning and then just, like, marketing without trying to be marketable. <laughs> um, you know what I'm saying? Man, like, I'm... It keeps happening for you. I need to take me a marketing class, bro. Because, <laughs> honestly, um, that's what I've learned, too. Like, um, with just, like, putting myself out there, like, yeah. every day. I mean, we all human. We don't know everything. I make mistakes in putting out stuff, but um, to myself, I put out stuff knowing that I'm not trying to hurt nobody. Yeah, I'm just trying to teach people the things that I'm learning every day, and um, I, I share because I care. Yeah, you feel me? I share because I care. Like I said, knowing that I came from the hood and my mm. level of thinking ain't. A hundred percent or like everybody else, but yeah. this is the best way that I can express it yeah. without knowing that, yeah, I'm not hurting nobody or anything. And long as it's that, it's me, it's authentic, people will shape it how they, yeah, how you serve it to them, basically. And I, yeah, that's another thing too. I just walk people through what I'm doing. Well, I think that's the powerful part that our generation has found out. The marketing, you are the marketing, you're enough. Yeah. Like yeah, you are the brand. Yeah, back to you being enough. Like uh, well, I'm out of time, but yeah. I do appreciate everything. There's a lot in this episode, man. Man, thank you. Can you let everybody know where they can find you on Instagram and social medias, and maybe even if you got stuff coming up that you want to talk about or just yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you can find me on um Instagram at uh, ambitious underscore b john. Uh, B-J-O, or yeah, B-J-O-H-N. Um, or you can find my photos where I post the things that I see document vision-wise um, on running clocks, running clocks. And um, yeah, right now I'm looking to, mm, I would say I'm looking to release another photo book next year. Okay. Um, it's just been stuff from these past two years, and I feel like it's my first um, real portfolio, my okay. real portfolio book. Um, same time, I'm looking to have a pop-up soon um, with the clothing I have coming out and having those two form as one. Um, looking to possibly have it in February, possibly have it in February, a pop-up. And um, yeah, it'll be... Gritty clothing, classic clothing. Um, I'm looking to come into a brand called Gritsico. It'll be Ooh. called Gritsico, um, gritty and classic clothing. Ooh. So, so it's kind of like. Um, have you told anybody else about that? Yeah. Um, I haven't put it out. So like, you heard, so hearing it first on Have a Dope Day. That's wow. Yeah. Yeah. Right, yeah. Go ahead. I'm um, sorry. I got excited. It'll form into that. <laughs> It'll still be running clocks. That'll be like. My photography side, yeah, yeah. or so, but Gritsico will be my clothing That's tight, side, dude. and um, yeah, gritty and classic clothing co. All right, well, I appreciate your time. I appreciate your story. Thank you, you man. Sharing appreciate everything you. with us. Thank you, Mario, for sitting through this one. That's this cool. podcast is brought to you by We Are Sacramento in the Law. It's love. Man, 
that's crazy. This is good. You get into it though and you don't even